the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. You don't want God to repay you according to your works, right? You want the mercy of God. And He extends mercy to us through Jesus Christ. We don't want to be judged based on our works where we hope that the good things we've done outweigh the bad things that we've done because then we're in trouble, right? We need the mercy of God. And God has shown us mercy through His Son, Jesus Christ. And He offers us salvation as a free gift through His Son, Jesus Christ. If salvation was achieved by the good works that you do, you may find you end up short. But isn't it reassuring to know that that isn't how you receive salvation? And isn't it relieving to know that even though you do fall short, God is merciful and gifts you with salvation anyway? How is that possible? Well, today, Pastor Dan will share with you how God loves you so much that He sent His own Son to die that you could live. God offers you eternal life, not by the works that you do, but by the blood that was shed for you. What grace! Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Jeremiah chapter 50 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. yourselves in array against Babylon all around. All you who bend the bow, shoot at her, spare no arrows, for she has sinned against the Lord. Shout against her all around. She has given her hand, her fornications have fallen. Her walls are thrown down, for it is the vengeance of the Lord. Take vengeance on her as she has done so do to her, verse 16, cut off the sower from Babylon and him who handles the sickle at harvest time for fear of the oppressing sword. Everyone shall turn to his own people and everyone shall flee to his own land. Again, this seems to be talking about the fall of Babylon in Revelation chapter 17 and 18. It's not talking about the Babylonian empire. When the Medo-Persians came in and conquered the Babylonian Empire, they didn't destroy the city. You know, it talks about the foundations falling and the walls thrown down. That didn't happen when the Babylonian Empire was conquered by Cyrus and the Medo-Persian army. In fact, if you know the story, it's a pretty cool story. Cyrus and the Medo-Persian army, what they did is they blocked the Euphrates River several miles away from the city of Babylon. And they diverted the water. And they diverted the water of the Euphrates River. The Euphrates River ran through the city of Babylon. And once they diverted the water, they were able to go under the walls on the dry riverbed. And they just walked into the city 
in the middle of the night and took the city without a battle. People didn't even realize they had entered the city, came in and took Babylon. So there's no destruction that takes place with the Babylonian Empire. So this is talking about Revelation. Verse 17. Again, now he talks about his people, Israel. Israel is like scattered sheep. The lions have driven him away. First, the king of Assyria devoured him. Remember, the Assyrians conquered the northern kingdom. Now, at last, this Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, has broken his bones. Therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Behold, I will punish the king of Babylon and his land as I have punished the king of Assyria. But I will bring back Israel to his home, and he shall feed on Mount Carmel and Bashan. His soul shall be satisfied on Mount Ephraim and Gilead in those days and in that time, says the Lord, when he brings them back. The iniquity of Israel shall be sought, but there shall be none. And the sins of Judah, but they shall not be found, for I will pardon those whom I preserve. Again, God promises here to bring Israel back into their own land. He's talking about the last days. They're going to dwell in their own land. They're going to enjoy their own land once again. And we see that happening in our day. But as part of this promise, God also says, the iniquity of Israel shall be sought, but there shall be none. And the sins of Judah, but they shall not be found, for I will pardon those whom I preserve. God promises to remember their sins no more. Just like with us, right? Through the blood of Jesus Christ and his sacrifice on the cross, God remembers our sins no more. He forgives our sins and he erases our sins from the record and he remembers our sins no more. There are no sins to be found on our record in heaven. He goes on in verse 21 to say, go up against the land of Marathame, against it and against the inhabitants of Pekod. These are all regions of Babylon. Waste and utterly destroy them, says the Lord, and do according to all that I have commanded you. A sound of battle is in the land and of great destruction. How the hammer of the whole earth has been cut apart and broken. How Babylon has become a desolation. Among the nations, I have laid a snare for you. You indeed have been trapped, O Babylon, and you were not aware. You have been found and also caught because you have contended against the Lord. I I love how it describes Babylon here. Describes Babylon as the hammer of the whole earth. What a description. It was like a sledgehammer just crushing every nation that it came to. And now the Lord says, the hammer of the whole earth will be broken. The end of verse 24, he tells us, because he's going to bring this judgment upon that nation, because you have contended against the Lord. This is why God judged them. Because they contended against the Lord. God used Babylon to judge other nations But that didn't excuse Babylon from her own rebellion. Vance Havner in his commentary said, We are not judged so much 
by how many sins we have committed, but by how much of the light we have rejected. Now, Babylon rejected the light that had been revealed to them, the light of the Lord. God had revealed himself to them, and they contended against the Lord. They fought against the Lord. Now, God provides salvation for us through Jesus Christ. God shines the light of Jesus Christ into people's lives, and they either receive that or they reject it. God provides a way of salvation, and people either embrace that and put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, or they reject him. And Babylon had just rejected the light. They contended with the Lord. The Lord has opened his armory, verse 25, and brought out the weapons of his indignation. God has brought out the heavy artillery against Babylon. For this is the work of the Lord God of hosts in the land of the Chaldeans. Come against her from the farthest border. Open her storehouses. Cast her up as heaps of ruins and destroy her utterly. Let nothing be left of her. Slay all her bulls. Let them go down to the slaughter. Woe to them. For their day has come, time of their punishment. Their time is up. The voice of those who flee and escape from the land of Babylon declare in Zion the vengeance of the Lord our God, the vengeance of his temple. Call together the archers against Babylon, all you who bend the bow and camp against it all around. Let none of them escape. Repay her according to her works, according to all she has done due to her. For she has been proud against the Lord, against the Holy One of Israel. You don't want God to repay you according to your works, right? You want the mercy of God. And he extends mercy to us through Jesus Christ. We don't want to be judged based on our works, where we hope that the good things we've done outweigh the bad things that we've done. Because then we're in trouble, Right? We need the mercy of God. And God has shown us mercy through His Son, Jesus Christ. And He offers us salvation as a free gift through His Son, Jesus Christ. He goes on here, verse 30, Therefore her young men shall fall in the streets, and all her men of war shall be cut off in that day, says the Lord. Behold, I am against you, O most haughty one. They were prideful. That was their sin, pride. Your day has come, the time that I will punish you. The most proud shall stumble and fall. Remember, God resists the proud. He gives grace to the humble. And no one will raise him up. I will kindle a fire in his cities, and it will devour all around him. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the children of Israel were oppressed, along with the children of Judah, all who took them captive, have held them fast, they have refused to let them go. Now look at verse 34. Their Redeemer is strong. The Lord of hosts is His name. And He will thoroughly plead their case that He may give rest to the land and disquiet the inhabitants of Babylon. I love verse 33 and verse 34. It talks about the children of Israel along with the children of Judah. They've been taken captive. They're held captive. Their captors won't let them go. The Babylonians won't let them go. But it says they have a Redeemer. 
They have a Redeemer. We'll return to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton in a moment. But first, Pastor Dan would like to extend a special invitation to our listeners. If you've enjoyed the messages on Ring of Truth, I'd like to personally invite you to join us this Sunday at Calvary Chapel. We're located in Columbia, Maryland, just five minutes from Routes 29, 95, and 100. I'd love for you to come be part of our time of worship and Bible study this weekend at 9 or 11 a.m. I always enjoy meeting listeners of Ring of Truth, so please be sure to introduce yourself to me after church. To find out more information and to get directions, visit our website at calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. That website again is calvaryec.com. We look forward to seeing you. Now, back to today's message. Now, in that culture, that Middle Eastern culture, uh, even today in Bedouin culture, they had this concept of a kinsman redeemer. If a family member got into some kind of trouble, uh, the patriarch of the family had the responsibility to go and get that family member out of the trouble they're in. It was expected for the patriarch to do that. And the patriarch would risk their own life. The patriarch would risk their own resources to rescue the family member that was in trouble. Whether that family member was seized and taken captive against their will, or that family member was enslaved, or whatever the case may be, the patriarch, the leader of the family, was expected to come to their rescue and use their own resources and risk their own life to do whatever it takes to get their family member out of the trouble that they were in. And here we're told Israel and Judah were in trouble. They were held captive. And we're told, but they have a Redeemer. Their Redeemer is God. Here God is putting Himself and presenting Himself as the Redeemer of Israel. As you know, the patriarch, if you will. And the Redeemer now, God, the Lord, is going to risk His resources to rescue them. And we're told here that their Redeemer is strong. And he will come and he will plead their case and he's going to risk his resources to get them out. And the whole purpose here in redeeming them, the purpose is to bring them back into their family's home. Right? And you see that here in the passage. So that he may give rest to their land and disquiet the inhabitants of Babylon. The Redeemer is going to go and rescue them out of the situation they're in and bring them back into their own homeland. Now, we have a kinsman redeemer as well, right? We're the family members that got ourselves into trouble. We're the family members that got ourselves into a mess. And our patriarch, our father in heaven, he sent his son from his home in heaven his father's house, and his son came to rescue us and to redeem us. And he risked his own life and he risked his own resources to rescue us, the wayward family members. And his son laid down his own life. That was the redemption price that was required, the blood of his son. And why did he do that? Not only to rescue us, but to 
take us back home. In my father's house are many mansions. He goes to prepare a place for us, and then he comes. He says, I promise he's going to come and receive us unto himself, that where he is, there he may be also. That's what redemption was all about in that culture. Bringing a wayward family member back into the family and bringing them back home. That's why Jesus Christ came. That's why he died on the cross. He left his father's house in heaven. He laid aside his glory. He came down here. He humbled himself. He became a man. He dwelt among us. And he laid down his life ultimately to rescue us, redeem us from sin and death, so he could take us back home to our father's house, which is in heaven. That's the story of redemption. And you see it all throughout the Bible. You see it in Genesis 14 with Lot. Remember, Lot is living in Sodom and Gomorrah. And Sodom and Gomorrah is attacked. Lot is taken captive, and he's carried away as a captive. Abraham receives word of it. Abraham's the patriarch of the family. He hears that his nephew has been taken captive. What does Abraham do? He rounds up all the men in his family. We're told in Genesis 14, 318 men in his clan and his family. And they ride and they go all the way up north of Damascus and they rescue Lot. And they bring him back home. That's his responsibility as the patriarch of the family. That's the expectation put upon him as the patriarch of the family. In the New Testament, you have the story of the prodigal son. The prodigal son leaves, and the oldest son in the home had the responsibility of going and rescuing the younger brother and bringing him back. But you know the story. Older son doesn't go. You see, for us, we see that as the story of this prodigal son. In Middle Eastern cultures, they see it as a story about the older brother who failed to carry out his responsibility as a patriarch in the family to go rescue his younger brother and bring him back. And for us, ultimately, the patriarch of our family is our Father in heaven, Yahweh. And we got ourselves in a mess, and he sent his son to come and rescue us, to take us back home to be with him in heaven. Here, God says, I'm your redeemer, and I'm strong. And I'm going to plead your case. And I'm going to bring you out of Babylon. And I'm going to bring you back into your own homeland. Into the promised land. Verse 35. A sword is against the Chaldeans, says the Lord, against the inhabitants of Babylon and against her princes and her wise men. A sword is against the soothsayers and they will be fools. A sword is against her mighty men and they will be dismayed, a sword is against their horses, against their chariots, and against all the mixed peoples who are in their midst, and they will be like women, a sword is against her treasures, and they will be robbed, a drought is against her waters, and they will be dried up, for it is the land of carved images, and they are insane with their idols." If you remember, the children of Israel, people of Judah, they had turned from the Lord their God and they had turned to idols and idolatry. And God warned them for years and years and years to turn back to Him and to forsake these idols. And they refused to do that. They would not give up their idols. And so what does God do? He sends them to Babylon for 70 years. He says, okay, you don't want to give up your idols. I'm going to send you to Babylon, 
where the people in Babylon, they're insane with their idols. I'm going to send you to Babylon so that you get so sick of idols, you don't ever want to see another idol again. And sometimes he'll do that, right? God will, you know, we ignore God and ignore God and ignore God, and then sometimes God will say, okay, okay, if if this is what you want to do, this is the direction you want to go, I'm going to give it to you in spades. I'm going to give it to you till it's coming out your ears and you're sick of it. And that's what he did with the children of Israel. He sends them to Babylon where they were just insane with their idolatry. It goes on here in verse 39. We're almost finished. Therefore, the wild desert beast shall dwell there with the jackals and the ostriches shall dwell in it. It shall be inhabited no more forever, nor shall it be dwelt in from generation to generation. As God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah and their neighbors, says the Lord, so no one shall reside there, nor a son of man dwell in it. Behold, a people shall come from the north, and a great nation, and many kings shall be raised up from the ends of the earth. They shall hold the bow and their lands. They are cruel and shall not show mercy. Their voice shall Roar like the sea, they shall ride on horses, set in array like a man for the battle against you, O daughter of Babylon. The king of Babylon has heard the report about them, and his hands grow feeble. Anguish has taken hold of him, pangs as a woman in childbirth. Behold, he shall come up like a lion from the floodplain of the Jordan against the dwelling place of the strong. But I will make them suddenly run away from her. And who is a chosen man that I may appoint over her? For who is like me, says the Lord? Who will arraign me? And who is that shepherd who will withstand me? Right? There's nothing they can do. There's no one like the Lord. There's nobody in Babylon that's going to stop the Lord God Almighty from doing what he wants to do. Therefore, hear the counsel of the Lord that he has taken against Babylon and his purposes that he has proposed against the land of the Chaldeans. Surely the least of all the flock shall draw them out. Even the small children will be carried away. Surely he will make their dwelling place desolate with them. At the noise of the taking of Babylon, the earth trembles and the cry is heard among the nations. Again, this is talking about Revelation, what we read in Revelation 18. When that system falls, all the nation is going to shake at that. All the nations will mourn when Babylon the Great falls. You know, what this shows us is God will ultimately prevail. God will ultimately prevail in the earth. God will ultimately prevail against the Antichrist and against his system. And Jesus Christ will one day return to this earth and he will establish his kingdom on the earth. And he will reign in righteousness as King of kings and Lord of lords. Who is God like him? What is the world ever going to put up against the Lord? Who can stand against him? No one. He's going to prevail. God's will will be done on earth as it is in heaven one day. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring true. 
book of Jeremiah entails many prophecies given to the people of Israel, but they weren't just commands of judgment and consequence. Within these pages, Jeremiah gives insight into the coming promises that Jesus would offer by coming and fulfilling a new covenant of redemption for all people. What's interesting is that Jeremiah poured his heart and soul out as he wrote this book. It wasn't just a dry dissertation of what people should do or what should come about. Jeremiah was a living and breathing person during the time of siege and exile, and he felt deeply for the people and nation he was a part of. His empathy for his kinsmen should resonate with you as you're part of a larger group of people in a nation and ultimately part of God's family. Is there a stirring within you to see those who are lost come to have a saving knowledge of Christ? If so, you might be able to relate to Jeremiah more than you thought. If you're enjoying this series through the book of Jeremiah and would like to hear more teachings, we encourage you to visit our website at calvaryec.com. In addition to listening to these teachings, you can access more information about the church behind this ministry. Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. As a church, our heart is geared towards spreading the gospel message to all we come in contact with. And we welcome anyone to worship with us at our location in Columbia, Maryland. For service times and location, check out calvaryec.com. Thanks for joining us today. Next time, we'll continue looking at the book of Jeremiah, here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and what I know because I know His voice, and it only takes Rings true.